Hello everybody, my name is Dids. And I'm Mrs. Dids, and this is Dids Talk. Today we want to talk about consumerism with the holiday season. Vastly approaching. Well, I, I would say we're kind of in the midst of it. Um, date of recording, this is actually date of upload, Sunday, December 15th of 2019. Yeah, so 10 days till Christmas. 10 days till Christmas. Um, I think we're pretty good. We're just about done. We have most of what we need to get done mm-hmm. for Christmas shopping done which I think is actually awesome news, and I'm actually pretty stoked about it. So today we want to talk about consumerism. I'm going to dive a little bit into minimalism, I think, just by accident. Um, Our thoughts on it, the holiday season, Black Friday, Boxing Day. Pros and cons. Pros and cons. Don't spend a lot of money. How to save money. Yeah. All those things. But first, we want to read a review on iTunes. We highly suggest that you uh, leave us an iTunes review. We will read plenty of those on on air and, and hopefully, you know, through the time Q&As. And we have plans for this podcast that uh, once the new year rolls around, we'll start to roll out. So um, we have a five-star review. It says, love it, from Chanipus. Beautifully edited and great discussions. These two have an amazing energy together. Highly recommend you give it a listen. Thank you so much. That is actually what we, that's exactly what we are hoping to do. So yeah. we're happy to hear that. So consumerism by definition, I've got the Wikipedia open here, is a social and economic order that encourages an acquisition of goods and services in an ever increasing amounts. So looking at this, I guess this kind of whole started with the industrial revolution, but we'll move on to more present times. We'll talk about consumerism right now. Um, do you want to dive into pros and cons with me? I'll, I'll bounce off of what you have. Okay. So I think a couple pros and cons. So I'm going to start actually with influencers and I'm going to actually put them both in the pro and mm-hmm. the con category. Mm-hmm. So an influencer is a fairly new type of advertising i'd say because in an essence they are they're influencing you to to purchase products to support companies that they think are worthy of being supported um a big example of i mean i feel like the kardashians really started that sort of thing not that they specifically did it but they were the first to be like recognized on a social media platform as doing that like selling the waist trainers selling the shoes selling the the socks or the compression stuff or they were really like first doing that and that's how they got you know their big following and they they literally like put their name on anything and everything you know from perfumes to alcohol to whatever they could um Not that that's a bad thing. I mean, from a business standpoint, that's actually very, very smart. And from a family that doesn't exactly have any sort of talent except for selling things, um, I would say that's pretty impressive. But on the other side of it, it's like it's almost like a con for me just because I look at these posts and these photos and I'm like, I mean, do these young people, men and women understand like, you know, a waist trainer is not something that you need. It's not an essential in life. And, you know, they're promoting it saying, you know, oh, this made me so slim and fit. And it's like, well, no, probably your personal trainer and your surgery did that. But, you know, it's like you're just going to promote this 20 piece of rubber and plastic for, you know, and and I just think it's ridiculous, to be honest. I see both sides of it. You know, I see the business side of it but I also see the ridiculous side of it where it's like 
you're going to promote this piece of crap for $20. It's made in China that, you know, it just, I feel like it doesn't really fit with them and they're only doing it for the money in that sense. And I feel like that's inappropriate. Like that should be not allowed. Like you should have to have some sort of integrity when it comes to promoting a product where I feel as they have no limit. I feel like they're a little bit more cautious of what they do now because they have gotten bad feedback, but I feel like they still will cross that line no matter what, just to make a dollar. Yeah, I think it's an interesting situation because like we're on both ends of mm-hmm. the spectrum from both the, the buying and the selling. And I think like what, what's been difficult for me is this year I've making it a point to not only go as far as to not advertise any products beyond like a YouTube description, but you know, I don't really make any mentions of it. Obviously Mm -hmm. this podcast does at the end, but, um, that's really the only pitch that I have going right now. I've stopped all social media posting about products. I've stopped all of that, but also at the same time being in a much less stable financial situation this holiday season, I have had to go and take a very different approach as to the purchasing side and right. what what I want to purchase. What you know, there's there's a lot of people that I'm close to online that are starting new businesses, new product lines, so on and so forth that I want to support. And I intend to, but now is not necessarily the time. So for me I took a broader look at to the the picture of everything and really just like the the pros and cons of consumerism and how it really can make or break people's lives both like it really in, can, in a good yeah. or bad way. Like yeah. it's very easy to see a bunch of like percent off coupons and, you know, Black Friday sales and this and that and the other thing, but like, you know, what what it really boils down to is like, do you really need it? Right. And like my shopping holiday season or not has been primarily for the last probably five or so years gotten year by year more practical in nature so it's not anything that i think people aren't going to use right because i think i mean having gone through my bedroom three different times top to bottom and taken out i would say probably like 10 ish garbage bags full of just yeah you took out a lot of stuff garbage right just garbage yeah that doesn't include clothes that whatever that's just garbage and easily could go for more you know we could do another run and probably find another garbage bag or two <laughs> easily but like what it comes down to is just like what what do you need and like thinking about that for the other side like what does this person need right and it's easy to get them that you know that really cool sweatshirt but you know like are they gonna wear it one time a year right. yeah. one time period like are you getting it just to put a smile on their face now or do you want to give them something that they're gonna really touch on a daily basis right. and really feel the effect of And I feel like some companies are preying on that insecurity of that person. Yeah. Right? And, you know, they're going to kind of dive in and say, oh, well, this person, you know, feels inadequate because of X, Y, and Z. Let's dive into that. And by using our product, we'll make them feel better about themselves. And therefore, they're going to tell their friends and their family and, and I don't know. I don't know if that's like a, a good thing or a bad thing. Like if a, if a product really changes your life, would that be considered a bad thing? And it's like, I mean, it depends I, upon how it changes your life. Right. Like if you like 
personally, this is like my experience, but like if I buy a skincare product and I find that I get very visible results very quickly, I'm going to go on social media and talk about it and, you know, without even being sponsored or promoting that product or have a partnership with that product. I want to let other people know my experience because I feel like that's with, especially with the skincare industry, the makeup industry, it's, it's hit or miss. You can sometimes find something that works really well. You can find something that works amazing and then you find stuff that was a complete waste and you spent $68 on it and you're like god why did I do that you know I think like the the hardest part is looking back like a month from Christmas right and saying how much of what I purchased is still being used or appreciated like obviously if it's like a very situational thing then that's different but like how much of this is being appreciated and and that goes to product versus experience and it's right. very easy to get experiences that's what I've done mostly for my both my parents but really dad because you know cancer and really not the ability to do much or have much so it gave him something to look forward to but like those will have a larger impact than right a Charlie Brown sweatshirt and that's why he's so sh- hard to shop for is because right. he wants those experiences rather than having those materials because if he needs something he'll go out and buy it himself he won't you know, hesitate, which is totally fine. People do that all the time, but you know, it makes it difficult when, you know, Christmas time or a birthday rolls around. You're like, oh crap! Like, what do we get him? He just goes and buys everything he wants. Like, uh, don't do that. But at the same time, it's kind of a good thing because you can try and think outside the box and try and get him something unique. You know, I agree. And and then bouncing off of that, what is, in your opinion, the solution to consumerism? I don't think there is a solution. I think it's always going to be open-ended. I think people just need to be more aware of what they're purchasing, how much it is, how much they're actually spending compared to other products. You know, don't be afraid to look around for a deal. Like, that's the beauty of consumerism is you can shop around, literally, and you can try and get a good deal, you know. And if you're looking, like, this is another example I'm going to use, the skincare ingredients. If you can find a company that's, using the ingredients that you like and they're selling it at a better price and maybe a little bit more economically efficient price or like an environmentally friendly bottle or something like that and that appeals to you then I say go for it rather than going to the Sephora or the Ulta and spending the $53 or however much it is just to get that specific ingredient because if a product has that ingredient you know and it doesn't cost as much I always wondered that because you know there's products that say oh you know like like glycolic acid is traditionally expensive mm-hmm. and it can range from anywhere from 7.99 to $150 and it's like why is it that way like it, you know like why is it literally a fruit acid that helps exfoliate your skin like why is one price 7.99 and they're saying they have high quality lab standards and the other one's saying the exact same thing but one of them's got you know a, a smaller bottle one of them's got you know maybe a mid-sized bottle and it's like how do you justify going from 7.99 to 150 dollars like that's outrageous to me i'm gonna try and some land somewhere in the middle or like as much as i can towards the lower price one but people think because it's a lower price it might not have the same standards as the $150 one, but I don't think that's always necessarily true. I think that's what they want you to think. Then maybe a better worded version of that same question is how do you stop yourself from making the impulse buy? I'm 
I think you just need to take an extra couple seconds and actually think about it. I think there's a lot of like just snapping, you know, we just go and we just do it without even thinking whether it's eating that, you know, three donuts in a row or eating the, the Reese's pieces or the, the, that root beer float after the root you beer float. became full after a really delicious hamburger. Yep. Um, I think, Not like, you know, that happened to me or anything tonight. But. I think as North Americans, you know, both Canadians and Americans and, um, you know, I think we have a tendency to overconsume, to eat a lot, to drink a lot, to, you know, buy things we don't need, buy the bigger TV, buy the bigger house, buy the bigger car, buy the bigger stereo. Um, and it's all, I mean, it, not all of it's in, you know, an attempt to impress someone, but it almost is like a status symbol and you want to keep buying the better and the better and the better. And it's like, why not use what you already have? Like you guys downstairs have this beautiful TV and you've had it for what, like 15 Uh, years? 15 years, yeah. And it's beautiful. Like the picture looks amazing. I mean, your dad said it looks like it did when it was brand new. Mm -hmm. And like, that's awesome. But like, there's people that come into his business and like, they want to buy a new TV every two years. And it's like, to me that I find that insane. Like you're going to, you know, waste three thousand dollars on a brand new tv only to get a new one two years later that doesn't make sense to me that is the negative side of consumerism i believe and i think that you really need to you really need to try and and give life to your products i guess you know give them a chance to you know try and give you some entertainment past two or three years you know, it's like when people buy new cars every two or three years or they lease them or, and I, I don't know, I just never understood that. I'm like, you're, you're just renting a car. Like you are spending more, more and more than you ever would, would you would buy a car. And I mean, I get that you get a new one, but does, is that really that big of a difference? I don't know. How do you go about changing that habit? I think just education, looking into it yourself reading about it, looking at deals. Cause I think people just see new and shiny and they get immediately drawn to that and they don't think about anything else. They just want that new shiny thing, you know, and once it's not new and shiny anymore, whether it's a year later, six months later or two years later, then it's on to the next new shiny thing. And it's like, that's such a waste, you know? And it's like, I, I, I am totally guilty of that. Mm-hmm. And I try and work on it too. Cause I know that, you know, I don't need to shop. I don't need to buy so much. And I feel like as a woman, it's like, I love shopping. Don't get me wrong. Like that's hey, one I'm of my, man f- and I love shopping. That, <laughs> it's, that is not gender specific yeah, at all. It's like one of my favorite things to do, but at the same time, it's like, you need to really pull back a little bit because we are so immersed in advertising 24, seven, 365. And I think that doesn't help, you know, there's always that temptation there to buy too. So I'm not really sure where I was going with that. I don't even know if I answered your question, but it doesn't, doesn't much matter. I think like the, my answer to those questions, it would, would more so play along the lines of, um, for example, I used to be really bad with just like, Oh, it's on sale. I'm going to get it. Or, Mm -hmm. Oh, it's new. It's shiny. I'm going to get it. Like I was really bad with that. And obviously I've, more so been forced to change those habits, which I'm glad I did, especially, you know, as we start our married life, as we look in the future to build a family, that sort of thing. Yeah. It's very much a need versus want mentality now more so than before. But like, 
just because something's on sale doesn't mean you have to buy it. Because right. if you weren't buying it when it wasn't on sale, why does 10% difference make you want to buy it now? And, like, yeah, if it's something that you're going to get a year from now, right, is that 10% going to be beneficial? You can make an argument that those savings will add up over time. Yes. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you also have to think, do I need this today or can I reinvest that money, that mental capacity, that emotional capacity to something else that I can then invest and build and then get that back somehow, right? Like, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, you know, I was just thinking, you know, as a family, you know, when we started having our family and, and, um, you know, instead of, I mean, we love, we both love video games, but I think we're probably going to be limiting our usage and I mean, you see my steam steam library i know so but i just ridiculously well, huge. i mean we're not going to have a, a lot we're not going to have a lot of free time we'll still be able to have free time to play video games and show our kids that you know this is what we do this is our passion um but i think at the same time it would be nice to put that money towards an experience for all of us whether mm-hmm. it's going out to eat or playing mini golf you know that it, we're still spending that money but it's for everyone it's not just for one person which i do like when you know, we're having this whole discussion on consumerism and it's like, you know, you're like in the middle and it's like good and it's bad and it's good and it's bad. Well, and it's I, like, I think it's hard to decide what the it answer is right now. The answer is, you know, with with everything that we're saying, take it with a grain of salt, because this is more so just how we found our practice to work best. And it mileage may vary. So mm-hmm. what we think is the answer to consumerism might be totally different than somebody who's listening's answer might be on consumerism, right? So like by no means are we saying that this is the answer and this yeah. is what <laughs> what you have to do or anything like that. But I think like you're absolutely right. And I don't know if it's necessarily by choice or just by fate of luck, but I would say that ninety percent of my time spent playing video games is spent on free to play titles. Right. And I mean part of it is just you know, I feel like I'm not as as interested in playing a game day of release. Mm-hmm. Very rarely will I. I mean, when World of Warcraft Shadowlands comes out, like, we're going to get it right away and start playing it right away. But, like, Death Stranding, for example, right? Like, I can wait a month for it to come on sale or... I can't. Right, but, like, <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's a possibility, right? Yeah. Like, you don't have to be on the cutting floor of everything. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that... It's, some some people strive for that, though. They really want to be yeah. the first person to get everything. And it's, it, again, like, almost like a status symbol. Like, I'm going to be the first of my friends to get this. I'm going to be the first of them to get this and that and the other thing. And it's like... And for what? Just, like, for breaking rates? And it's like, so what? Like... I just, I don't get it, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I didn't really... You kind of saved me there. I didn't really know where I was going with that, to be honest with you. But, like, consumerism is, like, difficult as as a society, especially, like, in, in where we are. You know, first mm-hmm. world country, a lot of sale, you know, a lot of opportunity to go buy things, right? Right, yeah. And, and I am very much a, in, in the belief of, you know put money back in the system, pay it back, you know, whatever. Like, spread around, small business Saturday, all that sort of thing, Mm -hmm. which we did 
do that a lot was, of, we did a lot fun. of small business Saturday yeah. actually, which was very nice. We did. But I think like then what it comes down to is the aftermath. Mm-hmm. So spring cleaning rolls around. Yes. And you look at all this shit that you got. Yeah. And all this stuff that you don't need, mm-hmm. don't want, don't use, collecting dust. Yep. How do we avoid getting to that point? It's going to have to take an active effort mentally and physically to not do that. And you have to sort of strive to be like you wanted to mention, like minimalism. Like you have to strive for that. Like you, it's, you have to literally tell yourself and restrain yourself saying, do I really need this? Is this going to improve my life? Where will this be in two months time? You know, it's like that um, Netflix show with Marie Kondo or whatever her name is. And she, okay, well, she has this um, show and and book, it's called Tidying Up Your Life or something like that, Mm -hmm. and she, it's Japanese, and there's this, she she grew up in a very small family, and they were taught, I guess, to, like, look at an item and say, does it bring joy? Yes or no? If no, throw it away. You know, it has no use to you. And so she was helping people declutter their lives, and that's the whole Netflix series. Um, And it's actually really interesting. Yes. Tying up with Marie Kondo? Marie Kondo. Yes, that's it. And, like, <laughs> I mean, I I could easily do an, an entire episode on just minimalism because, like, I've taken a lot of practice from it recently over the past year. But, like, I think what I've done that's helped me is I'll look at, like, so I started by cleaning. And I got rid of the things only that I knew I really wanted to get rid of first. And then I organized. I could have done a better job. And I very loosely organized this. It was more of a mental organization per item than it was like a bin of things. But I then organized myself into a category of, okay, if I don't use this item between now and when I clean my room the next time, then I'm going to throw it out. Yep. And keep doing that, right? So yeah. then... Then I bought another list in, and then I brought another, I you know, a few items in, and eventually, you, like when we were done with like the most recent one, I was shocked at how much stuff that I just had laying around that I just didn't use, didn't need, yep. and how much money I poured into those items. Or it's yeah. like, you know, when when I first really started shopping at Amazon, I was like, well, I need this, I can have it in two days. I'm going to get it. But then, like, it really was like, do I need it? You know, how many USB cables do I have now? How many charging things do I have? You know, like, all of those things. Yeah, you have a whole drawer full of various cords and wires. Right. And it's just, I'll, like, the cords, I'll make a a statement of, like, in the tech world, like, they'll get used one time or another. But just, you know, forensic trophies from from middle school and all of those things where I'm just like, why am I holding on to this? It's doing me no good. Or another tip that I have for, like, clothing is flip your hangers backwards. Mm -hmm. So you have to actually put a little bit more effort into taking it out. Yep. And then looking in a month and saying, look at all these hangers that are backwards. Now, obviously, like, seasonal and Mm -hmm. what have you. So, again, with your own discretion. But, like, minimalism has really been a huge part of my life and I think like it it boils down to minimalism of a financial state minimalism of an emotional state a physical state 
and making sure that for me, I guess I am taking consumerism as a broader topic mm-hmm. personally than just the Black Friday deals, the Christmas shopping, this and the other thing. Because like, I think if you have a coupon for something, you shouldn't have to feel like you need to buy it just because it's on sale or just because you have a coupon for it. Like that's where people fall into traps, and that's I, where people yeah. get way too much. Stuff. Right, and they fall into that fear of um, like almost like it's you know. Oh, if I don't get it now, there won't be any left, or it's not going to be on sale again. And it's like, you'd be surprised how often things go back on sale. If they're willing you know? to put it on sale now, they're going to be willing to put it on sale again. Right. And it's not like you'll never find it. Like, I'm sure, you know, it, this one product is not sold at one retailer, unless it is, like, you know, extremely rare and specific for that retailer. But, I mean, I think people just get caught up in that fear that, oh my gosh, if I don't get it now, then I won't ever get it. And, you know, I have this coupon now and I should use it. And, you know, I have this, this, this credit there and I should probably use that too. And, and it's like, but you, do you have to? No, you don't have to do anything. I mean, and, you know, maybe ask yourself two or three times, do I really need this? You know, maybe it is something you want, but do you need it? Well, and and like one thing that I always... What I've done personally is I'll put things in an Amazon cart and I won't, like, unless it is, like, an actual need, I'll let myself check it out. But if it isn't, I'll put it in my cart. Mm -hmm. And if it just sits in my cart, then I'll put it in a list. You know, I'll categorize, like, I have a list for, I mean, now I have, like, a Christmas list. Like, I had a birthday list, but, you know, it'll be, like, work-related items or camera-related items or whatever. And then if there is a moment where... You know, I'm definitely going to then be in the market for that item. I can look and mm-hmm. then keep an eye on if there's a sale, if it's on sale, if there's a used one for, for sale that's cheap. You know, I can look at it then and just keep track of things as I then need them because at, I knew at one point I either wanted it or I needed it, but not badly. Right. So then I have a, a bunch of different filtering methods to say, okay, well, if I didn't need need it now to buy it, maybe I just wanted it or maybe it was just a camera lens that could do this shot that I'm looking to do, but I don't need it for this shoot. So right. I can just put it in a list where it's like, okay, well, if I ever get extra money or if I'm saving up for it. Or if, you know, my birthday rolls around, I can ask for it sort of right. thing. Right. It's yeah. really easy to just have that list compile. So mm-hmm. that's what I've done from, like, a purchasing standpoint. I've made it... <laughs> Amazon is my kryptonite, but I've made a very... I've made a very conscious effort to make sure that unless it is a direct need that I'm not forcing myself into that trap. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. That's all I got on consumerism. Yeah. Um, I think just, you know, really try and stay true to yourself and don't buy something that you normally wouldn't buy, you know, because then you get the buyer's remorse and and uh, don't always believe everything that a celebrity or influencer says, you know, and Eric and I are saying that as influencers, like you and I promote products, but we really only do so if we believe in the product or we like it, you know, and sometimes we're not even getting paid for it. So yeah, we filter out quite a bit what we, do. What we choose to and, to and, not and, promote. and people message us all the time and it's like, I'm not going to associate with an Amazon store that I know nothing about or, you know, a seller that's on eBay, like that's not my style. Um, I'd rather go with something that's reputable and has a brand name and that people will know if the product is high quality or not, Mm -hmm. not something they'll look at and be like, what is this? Like, this looks weird, you know? 
Um, but well, then okay, so let's let's go then into this. How do you find then who you trust? Because now maybe as we look into the future, larger corporations or more so brands. Mm-hmm. Peter Thomas Roth, right? Yeah. Maybe instead of going to Alta's and having Alta ads, he goes to influencers and they have influencer deals. So how do you know then who to trust? I would trust myself just because I've used his products and I, there's a high... If you're a new consumer. If I'm a new consumer, okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, you'd have to take his word for it or their word for it. It's really, you know, in that moment, it's up to you. Um, I mean, photos definitely help. Um, he's really good with doing that, actually. He'll put before and after photos. I'm trying to be as metaphorical I know. with PTR as possible. I here. know. Um, shout out to Peter Thomas Roth. Best skincare, by the way. Totally not sponsored at all. But <laughs> I just... he Great product. Good results. Anyway. Um, yeah, I... I, um, I don't know. That's actually really hard. I don't really know how to... Um, I mean, I guess, obviously, do some research on the background of the company, you know, what products they use, what their business model is. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what I would do as a new consumer, but I saw the results and had a sample and I really liked it. And then that's how I got hooked on that brand. Mm -hmm. And that's why I want (laughs) to buy like everything he makes, but, um, it is, you know, it's, it's expensive, but I get, you really get what you pay for. Um, in the product. So I'm okay with that. And, um, yeah, no, you, you get, you get good results for what you get, for what you get and what you pay for. And I think it stands out a little bit more than other skincare brands that are more prestigious than he is more expensive. He's, he's definitely in the middle range when it comes to the ingredients that are used in, in his products. Very nice. So yeah, just, I guess, do your research and, you know, trust your intuition if something doesn't feel right. You know, it might be too good to be true sort of thing. Um, But yeah, don't be afraid to try something. I mean, Sephora and Ulta usually have a good return policy if you don't like something. If if something gives you an allergic reaction or something like that, they usually are pretty good with with the return policy, so. Any final thoughts on consumerism? Um, I think it's good and bad. (laughs) It's such a controversial complex, difficult, interesting topic. It is. And I feel like, I feel like as we were talking more and more, the more I internally thought, like the conversation doesn't have an ending. It's very much up to your own interpretation. But I think what we're hoping that you get out of this is that before you go out and you buy all these things and you make all these purchases and you hop on all these deals that you just take a second and, and think if you really need it, you know, you have companies more so looking to reduce their carbon footprint in the near future before 2030 in most cases for a lot of companies are looking to greatly reduce their carbon footprint. And I think it starts oftentimes with supply and demand. So if we're not putting the demand within the market, then there's going to be less supply. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we really look back and think, you know, how many times do I buy something that I just never used or I yeah. just threw away at the end of the day? Like, Or still had the tags on right, it. Right. Sort of thing, yeah. You can really start to look and focus into how you can just make a difference. And, like, I'm not trying to get into this whole environmentalist talk, but it's true. Like, you know, what can you do to just help not 
put, you know, basically burn your own wallet down, right? Because, right? like, yeah. carbon footprint or not, you're still potentially wasting I mean, money. every time you buy a product, you're, I mean, technically contributing to the carbon footprint. I mean, that, that product had to get there somehow. It didn't just magically appear through the air. You know, it had to be driven there or flown there or, you know, and I've sincerely doubt it was an electric vehicle that, you know, was was operating and delivered that product. But I mean, I guess you never know. But still, it's like you want to just try and make a conscious decision rather than just being this retail zombie at this time of year, you know, where you kind of fall for almost everything. And if nothing else, hopefully this episode just provides you with a little more awareness. Yes. Thanks so much for tuning in to Dids Talk. We just want to give a special call out to one of our sponsors, G Fuel. G Fuel is an energy formula that Eric and I have both used uh, since about 2015, 2016. Uh, we both love the product. It comes in many different flavors, and uh, it's a lot healthier than your average Red Bull. So if you want to try it out for yourself, use code DIDS or code GAMERGIRL for 10% off your order. And again, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you could leave us a review on iTunes, that would be absolutely amazing. If you also want to suggest some future episode ideas that you want us to chat about or be a part of the show somehow, hit us up on social media. Our social handles will be in the show notes or in the description, depending upon where you're listening to it. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.